Dude, Zoe, you should have stealth cried recorded us, either winning or losing. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, damn it. That was peak content that I missed. That's okay. <laughs> oh, we can gush about it for the next 45 minutes and then eventually get into the show. Now recording. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Eat a dick. Eat a dick. Yeah, seriously. Bum, I need like a, just like a really bum, quick bum, one. Because the quickest one I have is like still pretty long. Like I need a quick bump it up and then just let it off. We used that in the hype video. Actually, we should be able to find that somewhere. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, but should be fairly simple enough. So welcome everybody to the first episode of full quarantine podcast. No, actually, that's not true, right? No. Not everyone's quarantined. Well, Michigan just got quarantined today. We actually oh, really? did get the announcement today of, uh, you know, the stay-at-home order, which mm. I've been doing for the past, like, seven days anyway. So I was seven just like, years, yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, everyone on my Facebook is like, it's the end of the world. It's like, dude, this is what we should have been doing this past week. What are you talking about? But it's all good. You know, just, you know, went on a walk today. Mm-hmm. saw a person on my walk and we did the thing where we acknowledge each other from the distance and then we just like even though we're on opposite sides of the road we still like went off the road into our respective ditches to like yeah truly show that we were <laughs> respecting each other's distances oh, oh that's amazing <laughs> yeah god we have a path by my house and it's like it's a fucking problem because like even if everyone's like shuffling like in the normal direction that they should be it's like there's some points that are maybe choke points, but people will be walking through the fucking middle of that shit and they look at you like it's on you. And I'm like, dude, are you familiar with traffic? Like there's gotta be <laughs> this side goes this direction. This side goes, I don't know. It's fucking bad, man. I swear. Do you get the looks though from people? I get looks from people that are literally like, if you step one step closer to me, I will fucking kill you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like I haven't oh. gotten those looks. Oh, try walking outside. Yeah, man, it's fun. Might just be you, McCoy. Yeah, they look I at you, look- and they're just like, "That is a shady motherfucker." I am kind of rabid at this time. <laughs> just like, <laughs> you know, shit's kind of like, just like saliva's coming down my mouth, and I'm just fucking like twitching and shit, looking at him, and they're like, "If you swear, I swear to God." <laughs> so, yeah. Um, speaking of coronavirus news, I think we all followed this one at least to one step. But did you catch the second step? GameStop says it's an essential business that should stay open in coronavirus pandemic. That was <laughs> March 21st, and then less than 24 hours later, they figure out that shit was a bad idea, and they close all the doors. <laughs> I think it's because they faced legal, uh, they faced legal oh consequences God. if they didn't. Wow. I, they're dead, aren't they? Is this the GameStop? nail in the coffin for GameStop? I'm surprised yeah. GameStop isn't dead already. Like, with all these yeah. online platforms <clears throat> now, it's honestly bad. It's so non-essential that it's long. practically out of business. Mm-hmm. And yet they no, were just exactly. like, we must persist through this virus <laughs> to, to show what? Our, our commitment to our customers? I don't know. You just kind of look I like think, an asshole now. <laughs> yeah. The video yeah. game industry is like the only industry that's actually making more money right now. Well, yeah. I think that was what they were so, trying to cash in on because yeah. they're like, oh, well, people are going to want to stock up on video games. So if we stay open, people will come in and get video games. And not realizing. Like, I've heard of Amazon, dog. Yeah, not yeah. realizing that A, you can just download them from your home and yes. B, social distancing. Yeah. yeah. 
it's just oh man brick and mortar and see, stores were already under attack in essentially stuff. every business but like exactly. now they also forgot that everybody hates so. them oh. yeah right i mean on the other hand at least they're not like hobby lobby where the ceo literally wrote a letter saying my wife had a vision from god that hobby lobby must remain open during this pandemic so we're gonna keep our stores open. <laughs> Hobby Lobby is yeah. a fucking horrifying, beautiful disaster. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> well put. Oh god, what a train wreck! Like it's just, and I feel like so many people have been like, "We're staying open," like proudly announcing, and then just closing immediately. I mean, that's what schools. Well, what yeah. I love about the I love about the Hobby Lobby announcement is that like the guy like essentially puts it on his wife. So if it fails, then he's like, "Well, don't." Don't blame me. Blame my wife. Well, she's my wife. She's nuts. God. Yeah, just yeah. to clarify, he, to clarify, he put it on God too. So <laughs> this is very true. <laughs> oh man, there's just so much ridiculous shit that's happening. It's actually like so. This is actually kind of a callback to what you were talking about earlier, Zoe. But it's funny, like the fact that esports is like struggling as a result of this is so hilarious to me. Cause like, trust me, I fucking love watching the in-person events and they're better in every way. But like, surely we of all sport quote, like would have some way of doing this shit online. And so one of these, these headlines is esports are back. How to watch the top league of legends and CSGO competitions. Um, so apparently according to someone somewhere, they've decided to use the original purpose of their video game and play online against each other. <laughs> <laughs> So actually, it's interesting because I gave it a little bit more thought. And actually, there's also been, at least on the League of Legends side, there was some information that came out uh, over the weekend that was really interesting, which is that now, uh, so League of Legends now, at least the North American scene, has a players association led by pro players and academy players as kind of... I wouldn't say it's like a union, but it is like a representation of the pro player base. And it recently came out that like they all of the players were polled, like, do you want to continue with spring split or do you want to cancel the season? And I think 60 percent of the pro players said that they wanted the split to be canceled. Mm -hmm. Um, And even like even if there was a solution to play online, they would rather cancel it. Um, So what's the team that's winning right now? Well, so that's the thing. And how like, did they vote? Every, everybody's everybody's meaning right now because like North America for the spring split is doing collectively as a whole. It's been a pretty piss poor season from a lot of teams. So a lot of people are like, oh, like Team Liquid's losing and they're potentially out of playoffs. So like obviously all of their players are going to vote to cancel the split. Um and then Cloud9 players, you know, being in their 15 and one season right now, like they're obviously going to vote to like not cancel the split because they're actually doing well for once. Um, and so like it's it, it does beg that question of like what what exactly like the I guess the split is amongst teams, because obviously like three and 13 CLG is going to be like, yeah, cancel the season. We're out of playoffs. <laughs> like, fuck this. They felt that way um, the entire time. Right. <laughs> they felt that way but, before the coronavirus. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> and, and now that they've... Cu- well, and so... But I guess the, the players submitted their response to Riot saying that they would... You know, 60% of them would like the split to be canceled. And then Riot basically came back and said, ah, no, we're taking it online. Fuck you. Um, mm-hmm. Which... A lot of players are not very happy about it only because, and 
I realize this is kind of the evolution of pro play, um, but a lot of these players now, it's not that they all live in a gaming house together anymore. A lot of these players have their own apartments. And so these people aren't even playing these online matches and collectively in a gaming house, they're all playing remotely from their apartments, like mm. online in their bedrooms. Um, and a lot of them are just finding it very weird. You know, it's very hard to get in like the zone and the mood when, you know, you're just like literally rolling out of bed and going to your computer. Um, but then, you know, one, one, uh, one part that I didn't even realize that you know obviously this would be a concern but a lot of these international players are feeling really homesick right now and very worried about wanting to be home with family um you know just people pro players from europe specifically um are just not the ones from wuhan well i mean wuhan's now in the up up and up so probably those from wuhan are probably just like ah my family's fine whatever but um or to mean hopefully or, yeah hopefully. or the other mm-hmm. it's so funny <laughs> though that this gone first full circle it's like just this just this this dystopian future that you're describing of esports it's like yeah you just get out of bed and then you roll up to your computer and you play and i'm like that's so hilarious because that's where it all began like yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> that is- no, exactly. <laughs> but i think that just goes to show the evolution of the league really mm-hmm. that you know it mm-hmm. used to be that 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 would be considered the norm, but now with franchising and with how professional the professional league has been played lately, it's just a lot of players are just not really, you know, a lot of these players are just really concerned about their health. They're also questioning, you know, what happens when one of one of the players gets coronavirus because with oh, sure. you know these infection rates, it is statistically probable that a player is going to get it, and so it's like, what do you just? decide to sub them out what happens when a team has to sub out three of their players because three people got infected so like that's also a reason why they're thinking that spring spring split should just be canceled because of that threat and they're so, just like, thinking right. that you know just are focus on our them, health are all of them out of team houses or are there like still some that are in the team house model like do you know about that i i think and i i would have to look so like i th- think teams like cloud nine still have a gaming house that they're playing with like they're playing in and that the players live in however i do believe now that now they give pro players a option of living in the gaming house versus finding their own place um you know teams like right shit holy shit now you have the yeah, right. I mean, it's just for player player health for sure. But like you know, a hundred thieves, for instance, a hundred thieves doesn't technically have a gaming house. They have a training center, which is mm-hmm. like all a the gym. players. Yeah, all the players commute to this training center to practice together. Um, I think so, that's the way of the future. Oh, I, it definitely is a hundred percent. I think I think teams like TSM and Cloud Nine maybe still have some players living in their gaming house, but then other like other Cloud Nine or TSM players are living on their own and they choose to commute back and forth. Right. Um, it's kind of it's it's in this weird kind of flux right now because mm-hmm. yeah, it used to be that like all of the players lived in one house together, no exceptions. Yeah, yeah um, and that by the way was started from basically the inat the feeling overall feeling of inadequacy compared to regions like korea in essentially all esports 
um, like Starcraft. Because Korea, they would literally have like, like work camps for like Starcraft, like yeah. dormitories of pro players and semi pros that were all living together so that they could play for 12 hours a day. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Which and is then we just basically like and some human rights shit. Yeah. <laughs> and but they were winning. So we were like, fuck me, I want right. some of that. Yeah, um, for real. And I feel like we're just kind of realizing like, oh, Americans don't love that shit. I mean some do. But not all of us and not I a think, lot of us. Yeah, I don't know that Koreans love that shit either. I was gonna say, I don't know <laughs> and also <laughs> on that note, just... like L C K is actually not the dominant region in League of Legends anymore. China is. So, and I actually, I don't know what China's practices are either in terms of like player houses and Considering such, China's but. record on human rights. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my Oof. God. Hit the fucking. Uh, got it. Got it. It is fantastic and perfect. Uh, <laughs> every choice that they make is the correct one. Uh, correct. Don't kill me, please. <laughs> Oh, uh, unrelated, our new sponsorship is Tencent. Like, <laughs> yeah, they, they seem to think that we were a small gaming company, which we're not. Right. We're a podcast, right. but close. Um, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, so it's, I just go, I guess going full circle with this, though, like, I'm now just kind of mixed about LCS returning in terms of just like it's nice because it gave me something to watch over the weekend but then at the same time it's just like i also want the pro players i support to feel heard and safe and like i don't want them to feel like they have to just you know dance monkey dance like i I don't want them to feel that way like (laughs) well of course not but unfortunately that's what they do and that's what they've been doing for a long time that's why they made the whole uh whatever the fuck non-union thing i mean if they really wanted to to make that thing work and they would the, the players union yeah, yeah. they would oh. say you can oh, go fuck yeah, yourself yeah. we're not playing which would be the power play and that's the whole point why they would group together anyways is to be able because yeah. up until this point riot drives and by the way riot you can say what you will about them and they've had plenty of their scandals over the years but they've driven a lot better than a lot of other companies and league of legends as a result has had huge success based on their driving um but if you're a player and you want to be heard and you don't like that they're driving, this this is a fucking great time to actually do the purpose of that thing if you want to. Um, I'm not sure if they will, um, but like that's what that's there for. It's not just there for voting and then being like, oh, yeah, you're right. We will stay open. <laughs> we will continue to work. You're right. Even though we voted. Other- it's like if you want to. No, but see the wife of the CEO of Riot. <laughs> Uh, a division from God. Yeah, you're fucking right, dude. You're fucking right. And God was like, I want to know who wins the spring split. So, um... True. Spoilers is Cloud9. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it sounds like. But you know how, like, last week we were saying how, like, oh, how sad will it be if they win the spring split championship, and but they're all just in the same room and they turn to each other being like, nice, guys. Well, imagine how much more sad that would be if you win yeah. the spring split championship alone in your bedroom and you just turn to your fucking anime body pillow and you just like fucking nod exactly. <laughs> you know what i'm saying like i just 
You gotta know your audience with a league fan. It's it's just an Ari fucking pillow, you know, for the mid lane or it's, some shit. Like, except it's not even Ari. It's sneaky cosplaying as Ari. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Perfect. Oh. Perfect. Okay, that's a fucking bow if I've ever seen one. That one's time to go. Let me get to another fucking news story here. God damn. Um. Okay. <laughs> Pro drivers are competing with gamers after F1 and NASCAR are canceled races. So I assume this means through esports, right? They're competing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Did you guys hear about that? Like, also, NBA players were trying to play, like, fucking NBA Jam or some shit on... That's not NBA Jam, but you know what I mean. I heard that um, one of the NBA teams is hosting Twitch streams of their, their team versus the team that they were going to play against. That's fucking hilarious. Um, in NBA, like, 2K. Yeah. yeah. In NBA 20. 2K. Nice. Um, <laughs> so that's pretty cool. That's pretty I mean, cool. Uh, when life gives you lemons. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. I will say... Play I, NBA 2K. <laughs> this is not a particularly, like, good mindset. Sponsored by 2K Games. <laughs> and Tencent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. I, whenever I hear those stories, it's not a good mindset. I would not recommend this greatly to everyone else to have. But I always get a little peeved. Because, you know, we're on the fucking road, bro. We're, like, slowly trying to build our shit. And then an NBA team's like, what if we just streamed for fun casually and had millions of viewers? And I'm like, well, that would hurt my feelings a little bit. That's what would happen. <laughs> just a little. Not a lot, but a, li- but a I li- mean, a they, the thing is that they do stream for fun casually. And by that, I mean, television is literally just a stream. Mm. right hmm. so that's dude you just blew my fucking mind like i'm not high but like mother of god <laughs> in a way like so, i don't know i'm just kind of like in yeah. that gates open come on in like style of like i'm glad that you guys are seeing how cool video games are maybe now when espn reports a fucking esports article all of the comment section won't be people being like this isn't a sport <laughs> like now with it like the legitimacy will. of pro players <laughs> like nba players playing video games who knows this might open the door for some stuff but. yeah it's true <laughs> it's so funny though like i'm such a fucking old school esports grump fan where i'm just sitting there and i'm like i don't want their fucking approval like i <laughs> Like, we're doing fine enough our own. Thank you. Um, but sure. Yeah, you're right. It's true. I feel the same way with Jack Black. Do you guys hear about Jack Black streaming like six months ago? And I was like, this motherfucker's going to roll in here. Um, but I heard the streams were all right. So, okay, fair enough. Good for you. Yeah. He, I mean, he made that YouTube channel, Jablinski Games. Right. Yeah. And then for the first six months, he couldn't play video games because he didn't know how to, like, capture anything. And his Elgato card wasn't working. Damn. so Damn. he would just like release another youtube video and be like no games again this week but uh we went to an arcade dude fuck it i'm actually like maybe i'm back in on this guy because like that's then he's having the true gamer experience so like at that point yeah. he's one of us you know what i mean yeah so i mean like he did the whole thing to like spend more time with his two sons i think which is adorable like is adorable. i'm all all for it like Okay, here's my stance on, like, mainstream media infiltrating lesser-known spaces. Like, YouTube, for instance. Like, now a lot of celebrities are creating their own YouTube accounts and, like, coming onto the space to be, like, getting subscribers. Which it's, like, if you're the case, like, Jack Black, who, like, films on a shitty camera and just wants to spend time with his sons and all of his videos are just, like, a crapshoot, but they're just genuine and fun, like, I'm all for that. 
it's like you know the fucking jennifer lopez is out there who like started youtube channel with a camera crew of 50 and like production quality like the same on the same level as like most major movie studios as she's like get ready with me routine with a hundred different camera angles and lighting and all that it's just like i can't relate to this whatsoever like get off the space like go (laughs) dude i feel the same way about fucking podcasts man like there's a lot Mm. of old school radio personalities that like they they were they were working for a radio station for whatever reason you know Uh, or not for whatever reason but i mean like just random ones and they slowly but surely are getting kicked off these radio stations uh and trying to transition to podcasts and it's hilarious like because some of them get it and some of them don't some of them are like, yeah, man, like I have like a crew of like, I think like four or five, you know, like this guy does this and this guy does this. Cause I'm like, the fuck you have a crew of four or five for your podcast. Like you realize the most popular podcast in the world is two people, right? <laughs> you know that, right? <laughs> like, why are you, mean, you trying? Uh, Joe Rogan? Yeah. It's actually three. Apparently there's someone who books the guests, but like that's a non-essential yeah, that's function. A, that's a it's nice. <laughs> like you have one audio guy and he runs all your audio and your video and it's like you're coming from radio and they're just like nah fuck that man like i need to have a studio like it needs to not be in my house i need to like do it and people and then they're also like people need to subscribe too people need to pay for this because that's what you know radio is about i'm kind of used to like you know serious so it's just like it's just a strange kind of used to having money so you're gonna have to give me some money yeah podcasts are really backwards in that way like you kind of have to build and then you can ask for the money unless you have some amazing launch like you're some amazing production thing but anyway so in other words it's the same thing as, as what you're talking about so where it's like they come with this short, like, crew of we don't make money oh yeah no god no but like sponsored by visual <laughs> oh, sponsored by 10 cent like just like we don't make money at all and it's just like we roll up in fucking corvettes corvettes and shit just yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> holy shit dude oh my god we should pitch this to tens bro Just like, listen james you gotta be our business our bd bro get out there and fucking get it done yeah dude oh First yeah no that's 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 my plan from okay. now on but yeah so i my agree. plan my, my plan for this podcast is 10 cent so okay. get ready for the chinese government to run our podcast dude okay 10 cent offers you a million dollars but they have a couple of demands about content. How do you feel? I'm leaving this podcast. <laughs> Wait, you're leaving this podcast? Wait, sorry. What? I, they because you're taking no. That's the my million? that's my response to it. <laughs> okay, wait. Sorry, wait. No, no. They offer the podcast a million dollars. So you're leaving for ethics, or you're leaving for the million dollars? I'm just confused. Which. If you, if you take if you take the million dollars and and adhere to China's demands, then I'm leaving this podcast. Oh, okay, so then you're saying that there's only four, three people we have to split it with. Okay, cool. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Zoe dot RIP in the Discord. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Oh my god. Oh, uh, okay. Hell yeah. Um, Gabe's cool. coughing again. Cool. But yeah, Zoe, dude, I'm totally with you. People with these big production crews, but the key, okay, you could have a big production crew and have some decent content in there. I think it's actually harder personally than like, like think about Jack Black with his son, Sonza. That's so easy yeah. to be genuine. Cause that's what it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you just have to not fuck that up. And these people come with like TV crews and I feel like it's actually harder for them to be genuine, you know, like, cause they have to fucking produce the whole fucking thing. 
Oh, entirely. Because then it's like, how can we be relatable? Oh, I know. Hi, guys. Uh, It's been a rough day. You know, my 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 interior designer was 10 minutes late today (laughs) to redesign our 50th kitchen in my one million dollar mansion so have you seen those fucking memes that are like they're ellen degeneres on her couch being like and the meme is just like i don't want to hear how hard it is for a millionaire to stay inside for four days like yeah oh like you know i think i find it hilarious because all these like celebrities are like being like oh we'll get through this virus together and it's like you've got a home movie theater a bowling alley A 10-hole golf course in your backyard, a 50-long course swimming pool. It's like, of course you're, like, having a ball. It's like... This is your excuse to actually use the mansion that you bought 10 years ago. Honestly, that's their hell. They're like, fuck, I bought all these things because I felt like I wanted them, never used them, tried to pawn them off on guests when they came in. Hey, we should golf. And they're like, no, I just want to hang out with you. And they tried that for years. And now they're actually forced to do the thing that they bought um listen some people make great expenditures but literally sometimes people just buy shit because they they want it and then like fuck i have to use this this sucks so sorry that that's your hell but here we are (laughs) yeah look i bought i bought a keyboard that i was supposed to program by hand and yes i didn't do that okay i regret if i was stuck and i am stuck in the house with that thing and i'm still not fucking doing that so i kind of get it in some weird sick way (laughs) um (laughs) cool um by the way if we have a little bit of a hyper energy to us, or at least I do. It's because fucking we just literally before the podcast, we are literally late to recording because we won a Warzone game and it was fucking rad. Oh, we as in yeah, McCoy, sweet. Gabe and James, I was not a part of this because oh. we would have definitely we lost. We would have won <laughs> faster with you part of it. Dude. Oh, thanks, buddy. <laughs> I actually, dude, 100%. Like I'm waiting for fours and fives. It'll be sick. We should all, I can't wait till we can all play. It'd be sick. Um, yeah. Zoe, have you done solos at all? Have you done that at all or no? Or No, I have not. Now, solos actually has been interesting because Brandon's been doing Warzone solos. Mm-hmm. Well, actually oh, yeah. not, not Warzone solo. Well, it ends up becoming Warzone solos because he'll queue up into a team and then they realize that he doesn't have a mic and then they all just ditch him and then he ends oh. up playing solo. Oh, the <laughs> so he's playing approach, solos yeah. against teams of three. Exactly. That's oh, fucking geez. hardest possible mode. That's like literally like yeah, training that's hardcore weights. shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think he's getting a little frustrated right now because he was also trying to get my headset mic to work the other day and couldn't get it to work. So he was just like, well, uh, "People keep on abandoning me, and I just I can't." I you should like, tell okay, him well. that they're and I don't know if this is on PlayStation, but I think they're day and date with all the releases. At least on PC, there is a literal solos mode where he doesn't have to yeah. have a team. <laughs> Right. No, it's you true. should definitely take into account with that. But you know, you I can, also got a taste of what. You can hook up your PS4 uh, controller to your new computer, and he can. Uh... No, exactly. He. It was actually really cute. The other day, he was like, "Cause we're both polar opposites in that I'm better at first-person shooters with a keyboard and mouse, and he's yeah. better with a controller. And we both switch places, and we both are physically impossible of, like, shooting on the other, <laughs> other methods. So, um, but the other day, he was like, you know, I want to try to do Warzone with a keyboard and mouse. And so I'm like, okay, yeah, cool. And so 
it was just really cute because like I went downstairs and he's like, wait, Zoe, can you come back? How, how do I rebind all the keys? What do I press for this? I'm like, honey, you're in the controller section of the settings menu. You got to yeah. go over to keyboard and yeah. mouse. And he's like, oh. Okay, also, I, I would it. look him straight in the eye and say, if you rebind a single key, I'm fucking coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing he's doing it on his own account. So I oh, okay. would think that my own key bindings are still set, right? I Maybe. would hope so. Probably. Probably. I think that's a safe bet. I would hope so in today's technology. (laughs) Dude, I felt the same way, but like I've literally, have you guys, okay, you probably haven't had this happen with your Switch yet, but I have heard non-trivial amounts of stories of people being like, I erased your game on your Switch. I am so sorry. I didn't understand how profiles worked. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't you say that's what Keenan did to you the one time? Well, I, on the PC, back when there was zero excuse, have deleted Keenan's files like at least a hundred times, like for like multiple (laughs) games that he was like 20 to a hundred hours in, like I, I did it for Fallout, and I did it for... I don't think I did it for Witcher, but Keenan, right in, bro. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, just like, you know those games where you can, like, save, and every time you save, it makes a new file, and then it gets this, like, 30 or 40 or 50 or 100 files of saves, and I'm just like, fuck, I just want to play my newest save. So I was, like, cleaning that out, and I was just like, weird, I don't remember being in this place, and that was just me deleting all of his shit <laughs> oh and my god it's fucking bad man it was fucking bad um but he That's looked at me afterwards and, and he's like i'm very shitty. i'm very frustrated i'm very upset but i want you to know in some ways you've set me free so you're the one that put keenan in a bad place yeah damn <laughs> oh my god <laughs> that's the insidest of inside jokes um okay cool um yeah <laughs> Let's see, what else we got on here? Last, That's also last why story he Also, down. yeah, they did tell me that story, Keenan. <laughs> That's why he moved out is because I deleted his saves. Exactly. <laughs> he just couldn't be in my house anymore. <laughs> the truth revealed. <laughs> yeah, he's like, listen, man, I'm trying not to be violent, but you deleted all of my saves, bro. <laughs> like, methodically. <laughs> Dude, you know those people who do like really passive aggressive shit like to their roommates? Like, obviously that's not me, but in this like theoretical world, that could be me where it's like, huh, I want Keenan to move out. Like, maybe I'll just delete all his saves. Like, that'll be the way. Like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Think about it. Um, okay. And he moved out, so it worked. Last of Us Part Two, um, in May. That's pretty sick. May 29th. That is fucking great news. I'm so excited for Last of Us, you guys. I'm actually very nervous. I don't think it's going to be as good. But I'm really hopeful. What do you, what I was do you guys say, think? Both that as well as the fact that there's a HBO series of The Last of Us that's in production as mm. we speak. Right. Oh, does that mean I don't have to play Last of Us 1? No. No, uh, it doesn't. I, I, so the thing <laughs> is, I don't know if the HBO series is going to try to recreate the characters of joel and ellie only because i feel like at this point in the fandom like troy baker and um oh god i'm blanking on her name Uh, ashley johnson i believe her name is um like those are like the poster childs of the joel and ellie thing so like any other actor or or actress for those two people would just probably never satisfy the fandom so I feel like they're going to do something in the in Last universe, of Us. But, yeah, but in different. universe, but different. Correct. Sounds like it's going to be better. Well, that makes sense. I don't know. They'll probably just do another like father-daughter duo type. Dude, if they know, did that, situation. 
so I'm not one for the fandom, but I'm offended. Like if they dare do another <laughs> father daughter story that's like his name is like, I don't know. Her name is Joelle or like, I don't know. Just think something Joel related. I don't fucking know. You know what I'm saying? Like if they, if they dare fucking do that shit, I swear. Apparently I'm in the fandom. Um, I just, <laughs> uh, yeah, you are. Dude, last of us is a fucking incredible game and I would much rather play that than play like so many games. Oh, oh, it's delightful. You guys, that was the thing I was thinking like, okay, so we're in this fucking quarantine situation and, and it's like for a while I was like basically, I was like reducing my news intake. Like I was trying to get crucial stuff. Like if people said there was an important article to read, like then I would read it. Like I'm down for that. But just the general like news was just like not particularly exciting. Uh, and I was thinking to myself, like I'm kind of hiding from all this pandemic stuff. Like what can I go play? And now I'm sitting there going like, I think I'm down to play Fallout. Like I think I'm down to just lean into it <laughs> <laughs> and play Fallout again. <laughs> Because I was hearing uh, shit, some TV show had some fucking old school, like old timey song and it sounded like Fallout. And I was like, dude, that would be so appropriate. Just go into the apocalypse. But anyways, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Um, I don't want to set the world on fire is that song. <laughs> From Fallout. Hell fucking yeah. Okay. <clears throat> um, very, very cool. Uh, let's get into the actual game this week because we are wrapping up a game uh, that's about the future. Um, and, and look, you already fucking no, know this not. is part it's three. About like, the past. Don't start with it's, part three. That's so. <laughs> This game is not about the future. It's about the past. All right. Dude, okay. Continue on that point. That's similar. That's basically I was going to say some shit. It was going to be kind of confusing. I was going to end there. Talk to me about the, is this the future? Is this the past? Are they saying humans repeat the past? Like, what, what are they trying to say here? What are you getting? Is it hitting you over no, there? No, it's, uh, this, I mean, it's, this game is all about our treatment of minorities and, uh, in, in the United States, especially, um, and, um, basically, Androids are second-class citizens. There's a literal underground railroad. Well, no, it's 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 a literal equivalent of the metaphorical underground railroad of your. Um, uh, there's the whole androids stand at the back of the bus thing. Yeah. There's a lot of shit. Police brutality. Less subtle, more subtle. Do you feel like it got more subtle as the game went on, James? Oh, less subtle. <laughs> no, I do not feel like it got less subtle as the game went on. Okay, what led you to that? <laughs> uh, I mean, the Underground Railroad thing was towards the end of the game more than the beginning. Yeah, definitely. Uh, was, I mean, that was one of the storylines that took us all the way to the end. That was pretty unsubtle. Yeah. The whole uh, androids are free in Canada thing. Uh, so androids are trying to escape through a series of like safe houses of people that hide them and protect them from the authorities that are searching for them to bring them back to their literal masters. Um, yep. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, the other interesting thing was the minstrel tropes that were on display in this game. Like, I don't, I don't think that that was intentional, but um, 
I mean, they, they were there. So. so what do you mean by that? I, I guess I've. I've never yeah, heard so, of a minstrel trope. You're talking about Marcus? So they're um say again. You're talking about Marcus? McCoy? Uh no. I'm okay. talking about um He's talking uh, about the wise mystic oh, older black woman. The wise mystic older black woman. Okay. Um and also uh what's her name that helps that that hides you that you lie to the cops about in oh, her Rose? house what's her name yeah Rose. Rose. Rose yeah Rose is um is the mammy trope uh the overweight black mother who cares for people and uh gives advice I can just feel McCoy's hand hovering over the sensor button from here. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> this whole fucking talking about all the themes in this game is just a one giant hover over the sensor button. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's like so these these tropes are now built into American culture. Um but it's I mean, I think especially in, in a discussion of of a game as poignant as as this one in in terms of these things it's important to discuss where they came from mm-hmm. and um they really came out they they were popularized by minstrel shows oh, um, that's what you mean okay making yeah yeah uh, which is where things like jim crow comes from as well oh. um james uh, for and, you like is yeah. this i you know these tropes like is it does does you have a problem like does it feel bad that they like you know these common stories these common figures that we've seen before like is that a problem for you in this game or is it just like like how do you feel about that um so i think it's at a certain level the trope is just like it's just it's a human being with specific traits sure right and on that level if it's not used to harm people then i think it's fine but also i'm not right the one that gets to say that on a certain level (laughs) i mean i'm a i'm a white man right i should not be the arbiter of such things (laughs) Um, Fair enough. Lie to me. Hover the button. Oh, you didn't know that? Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, Zoe, um, as a white man, how do you feel about... <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it's like, it's they're so a part of culture, mm-hmm. these characters. Um, and luckily, we've dropped most of the minstrel characters that are more disgusting um and and the the methods of portrayal which were more in, insidious and disgusting um the main problem with the 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 black mystic woman is that it's it, like trope in general is that it's kind of um it's othering and it it uh there's a certain level of um like weird tribal magic shit that's kind of uncomfortable in a, in a lot of the the way that that these characters are written um 
And like in this game that that it's not tribal magic, but like she has weird magic that she probably shouldn't have uh, in terms of the rules of the world and like blesses Marcus as the chosen one for no reason. Um, And then he gets the ability to like do stuff that no other Android has been able to do. And like, just create, like make, make Androids deviant by touching them and waving um, at them. Yeah, and waving at them. Right. <laughs> and pointing at them a la uh, Spider Man. Um, <laughs> Spider Man 3. Always rolling down the fucking sidewalk. Yeah, Spider Man 3. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh my God. Um, I want an edit now of Marcus's face <laughs> over Toby Maguire just pointing at people. <laughs> For the Instagram, believe. Believe. <laughs> um yeah uh so that was weird that was like that felt unnecessary to me but i mean overall it's it wasn't a a deeply harmful it's just like david cage can't write female characters so he reverts to tropes Hmm. yeah so okay so it's interesting because i'm trying to think around this idea and like i feel like the the um the sage or, or whatever the the mystic like you know she is just literally a trope and nothing else it would it would seem um, which like okay it is what it is um but like rose for instance i feel like there was a character there i don't know if she got enough screen time to really blossom out of her trope into herself um or if that would even happen um but i was thinking about that because hmm. i was like i don't felt like i didn't it felt like there was so many so so many storylines and so many not so many storylines, but I guess there was a couple different storylines, but they were moving quickly. Like, you know what I mean? Like you roll up to the guy's house who like fucks with the androids and then like you kill him in like the same shit. And you're like, whoa, that I could use a little more character development to hate this guy a little more. But I feel the same way kind of about yeah. Rose. She comes around more for sure, but I feel like I would have liked to see more. And I feel like, so, I mean, does, am I... Does anyone else feel like that way? Like that, that these characters show up kind of so briefly that it's hard to really get into them in a super deep way. Yeah, I would yeah. agree with that. I think that there's a reason that Zoe attached most to Hank. Mm. Um, right. Well, cause I think Hank, Hank was able to be developed right. more. Like Hank has an actual character arc throughout the whole yeah. game. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think the relationship between Hank and Connor was written very well. Um, it really, it, I think it plays to a strength of David Cage in that he really likes to kind of, he, he likes to write buddy cop yep. material. Yep. You know, it's, it's a common theme in a lot of his work of like police stations and authority and just being mm. able to write, you know, his ideal buddy cop duo i i think he definitely excels at that sort of thing and i think you know it also helped that the the actors clancy brown and brian deckhart were also really good you were able to kind of feel that kind of character chemistry on screen a bit you know you see connor kind of give a cheeky wink to hank and you're like "Ooh, i felt that like (laughs) like but um but yeah like a lot of these other characters just felt very 
like I, I think the reason why we turn to tropes for them is just because of how rushed they're introduced and how rushed they are kind of, you know, ushered out the back door. Mm-hmm. And so it's like you need to almost like just I feel like David Cage felt like he needed to turn to tropes just to get that character's nature like to the forefront and then be like, OK, this is what they're going to do. Um without right. doing a lot of character development. Um, like, yeah, I, I agree with McCoy. Like, I'm sure if they spent a lot of time on Rose's character, we would have really gotten to see her as more than a trope. Um, but because Rose only gets, like, probably collectively, what, maybe, like, 30 minutes of screen time, like, <laughs> you know, she's kind of devolved into this just, uh, you know, this motherly character who ushers people across the border. Um yeah. And whatnot. It was kind of impressive oh. to me that she showed up at all at the end. Cause I was like, I, I wasn't used to characters like having any me- more meaningful development past their scene. If you know what I'm saying. Right. <clears throat> um, and so like, and we'll get into this because the end definitely does a lot of referencing and a lot of cool stuff that I think we'll get into, but it was just interesting to me to see, like she came back and I was like, I fucking remember you. What the fuck, dog? Like, <laughs> um, and I, I, I didn't expect that at all. Um, are, what characters do we feel like are well-developed in among the main though? Like, so Connor and Hank, uh, yeah, I totally agree. I think they're, they're well-developed. I actually, yeah, agreed. It's interesting. Like that you are on Zoe was always from the beginning on like save Hank. Um, and I feel like I got there by the end where I was like, hell yeah, I totally feel you. Um, but to yeah. me, I also think Connor's fucking awesome too. Like, I think he's a great character because um, he plays the. To me, he like kind of plays the android human line like more subtly, uh, than a lot of other characters where they're just like, "Fuck it, one thing happened to me, I'm getting the fuck out of Android. I'm I'm straight breaking through this programming." Whereas he like, he was I guess special design for this, but he really want he wanted to fucking get the shit done like the right way. He wanted to be a good like like android you know what i mean like he wanted to do his shit and so then just watching him sort of slowly like because he had a lot of screen time and like he had a lot of time for his arc to like slowly break through that i thought it was fucking rad um i think go ahead also sorry for interrupting no you're no no, go um i i I think also though what made connor's character so appealing um is kind of this positive side uh i guess this positive stance on othering in the sense that like we also get to explore connor's vantage point as he tries to like mesh with the humans you know we Mm -hmm. see all these awkward mannerisms of him just like trying to buddy up to hank by being like you listen to angels of the black death i like them too and he says it in this awkward robotic manner and you're just like I don't know. There, there is almost a sort of charm with seeing him trying to adapt to the humans, a.k.a. Hank's personality. Yeah. I think that also kind of adds to his character as well. But yeah. also, I yeah. think his character arc is the most compelling of the three because it is a very, um, I don't know, it, it, it's definitely a more complex view of like he has a job to finish but there's a lot of obstacle obstacles getting in his way you know he's trying to hunt down deviants but he himself may be becoming deviant um as time goes on 
And so that kind of inner conflict as well as the buddy cop of, you know, creating this relationship that you would like to maintain, but also you've got corporate breathing down your neck. Like, yeah. So like, I feel like that storyline is just very, very appealing because of its complexity. Whereas like with Kara and Marcus, I never felt like I got to, I, I never really saw them as characters. I really initially, I, I don't even think I really cared about them all that much to be quite honest with you. Like mm-hmm. Marcus's story arc is just, you know, like privileged character who becomes leader who gets remote VPN powers to convert <laughs> <Okay>. other people. <laughs> um, and like, Okay. And then, like, I, I agree with James that just David Cage does not write women well because all Kara devolved into was just a... She wanted to be a mother. Uh, She's she just... Yeah, she wanted to be a mother. And the whole... her Every single chapter was just all about, I've got to do what's best for Alice, which just got old after a while. Oh, it's it like, definitely did. So agreed. Oh, what like, we're fuck? at a house. Alice is going to complain about something. We're going to go with Alice, and then something bad's going to happen to us. Rinse, repeat. Alice Rinse, didn't repeat. earn it. Like, That's the fucking thing. <laughs> Alice didn't earn you sacrificing everything and everyone around you. Like, I was like, you should reconsider... I don't know if androids can have babies, but you should reconsider this Luther guy instead of just throwing him away because you might want to try again. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. But you oh, know what I mean? Shit. It's just like, she like couldn't even get out of the car without you fucking button prompting her down. It's like, it, it was a little exhausting at the end where it's like, come on, man, I was expecting you to have a little bit of arc here. Come out of your shell a little bit and help. Like, everybody needs to put in a little bit of effort here because we're in tough times. Um, but didn't really feel like you got that out of her. It just, it's like, she just became like a weight that you like wanted to mm. carry for some reason, but it didn't, they didn't get you to buy in. I feel like as much. Um, yeah. You didn't okay. really want to carry it. Yeah. And I was fucking like, I'm more than most like down to carry like this kid's weight to safety. Like I get the premise and I'm on board um, from the beginning, but I felt like they didn't necessarily make good on that. Um, just quick jump back to Connor though. I, when you were saying, what you're saying about Connor Zoe, I was thinking to myself, like, why, why do I like Connor so much? And I feel like there's a way to play Connor in this game. And this game is full of, you know, like cliches and, and what we were talking about before, like it's full of these tropes, which I don't necessarily think is a bad thing, but it is what, what you see. Um, but he is like the one character that you get to play that I feel like you can play him as an honest soul like someone who's actually just trying to do good in the world and he doesn't know how to do it, but he's trying. And that I really identify with and I like loved about his character. Like he's, you can play mm-hmm. him like that. Whereas like Marcus is like, he's just fucking doing crazy shit over there and he he's going to get good shit done, but he's kind of a lunatic at the same time, no matter what. And then like you said before, like Kara's just, she's just, she's just going to drag this weight. That's the fucking end of it. Um, and he like is actually trying to figure it out and trying to do good and trying to be a friend and like trying to be, you know, do, do his job well. Like he's just, he's trying. And I, so I really appreciate that in his character that, you know, they, they not just like, cause a lot of games will give you a blank slate. They're like, bro, do anything you want with this character. But here, like, I felt like I really nicely slotted into his honesty as a person, um, which I just one way to play it. But I appreciate that there was that way. 
Yeah. Next podcast. Okay, sorry. Uh, <laughs> cool. Uh, do you guys want to talk about Gabe? Are you in a? I, yeah, I was. Gonna, I was. I haven't heard from Gabe, so I'm just curious. Now that you've played through the whole game, Gabe, like, did you find your attitudes towards certain characters like change as we went into more uncharted territory that you weren't familiar with? Um. Yeah, I guess I kind of. I figured that Marcus was going to play a big role in the story, and he ended up, obviously he did, um, but I did not fully expect it to go, like, essentially Android Jesus, which was yep. both intriguing to me and also kind of kind of a letdown. Um, I was kind of hoping they would go for a different approach than him just walking up to people and, like, touching them and converting them. And then also then being able to, like, wirelessly convert people. Um, that was a bit much, wasn't it? it, like, it ca- yeah, scene. it got, like, I was really into it at the beginning. And, like, it's, like, the underground, like, robot, not uprising, but, like, you know, it's, like, they're, they're like, the holdouts. They're, they want freedom. Um, they're trying to escape, like, the tyranny of just being slaves, essentially. Uh, which is cool. But then, like, and I liked seeing them, you know, spread their message and gain momentum. But then at the end, it just got kind of like, <laughs> kind of like Jesus Christ, what is happening? Where it's just overly I mean, preachy and just like the masses yeah. and just mass converting people. Um, so for me, that kind of is what like was an interesting take on Marcus. Um, but I really like how Connor ended up with kind of like McCoy said, where you can kind of play him however you want. And he starts off, you know, he starts off as, like, more machine where he's like, this is my job. This is what I'm designed to do. I'm going to do it. I'm tracking down deviant androids, even though I'm my, I myself am an android. Because um, that's what I was programmed to do, and it's my job. And honestly, I think I think both play styles are very viable. Where you could either play him as, I guess, the... I guess depending on how you look at it, either the antagonist or the protagonist... Um, yeah. Either way, really. But I, I like that he you can you can see him throughout the course of the game, either staying on his course that he was originally at the beginning or taking the natural uh, 180 to becoming a savior and allying with the uh, I can't remember what they're uh, I'm blanking on what they were called. I think it was just Jericho. Yeah, it was Jericho. Oh, yeah. yeah. Jericho. Um, yeah, so allying with Jericho and becoming <laughs> one of them and helping with the <laughs> the mass conversion at the end. My, yeah, somehow he can do it too, I guess. Yeah, that was kind of wild too. Oh, yeah, that was like... Uh, all right. I think that was my one that gripe was... with Connor where it's like, oh, so he can, he can do it? Okay. He's Jesus I think that was too. just David Cage being like, wait, fuck, I wrote Connor to like go help out Marcus by like finding all these androids in cyber life. But it'd be really awkward if you didn't have the ability. Well, fuck it. Connor has powers. But he didn't even do us the fucking decency of having a throwaway line. Like, here's the code that I'm using, bro. Let me touch your hand to give it to you. And you'd be like, wow, you can do that. But like, that would still offend me. But they didn't even do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh. But wait, though, jumping on what you said about Connor, though, hear me out on this. Like, I'm because I'm just trying to like understand like why. Because I totally agree with you. You can play him as both like a good person and a bad person. And I, I feel like that's like 
makes his storyline so much more interesting and the choices you make matter so much more. Because, like, you can't really... Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? No, I, I get what you're saying. It's like, you know, I, I like what they did by having a pre-established character. Because, like, you're saying a lot of games, it's like you create a character from scratch and then you can decide how you want to play the game or how you want to impact the story. Whereas in this case, it was a predetermined, predefined character that you pick up at the beginning of the game who already has these motives uh, and this agenda set into place. But over the course of the game, you can alter that, and it feels natural. It's not like, you know, somebody talks to you and is like, please, we're just, like, we want to be free, too. And suddenly you're like, oh, fuck it. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> forget my job. <laughs> forget my existence. But I feel like... And I oh, think... I think natural is the key word there, though, because technically there is a way that you can play Kara that is the anti-Alice playthrough where you just upset Alice at every single turn. <laughs> but you still and carry like, her, right? Like, you can't just, like, ditch her, can you? Well, right. You you can't ditch her, but, like, you can get it so, like, Alice, like, eventually just, like, malfunctions because she doesn't have enough parent love. Um, <laughs> right. So, like, but, like, but... That side of Kara just does not make sense. So, like, you can watch on YouTube playthroughs of, like, the anti-Alice playthrough, and it just does not seem natural because it's like, I'm I'm saving this little girl, but also fuck you, Alice. (laughs) (laughs) She's just, like, insert, like, shitty parent protocol. Like, like, what the fuck? And and I think I, I think part of that naturalness also has to deal with the relationships you try to, you know, essentially try to get the upwards arrow, the up arrow, like, for all the characters you interact with. Connor's... Connor is the only character, I think, that has... I mean, with the exception of Marcus, but I'm... There's differences with that. But, like, Connor is the only one where you have two key characters that Connor... You know, if you try to please one, the other right. gets disappointed. Right. AKA, like, you want to please Hank, you disappoint Amanda, or you can please Amanda, but disappoint Hank. So there's that nice balance there. Whereas with Carr, it's just kind of like Alice and only Alice, maybe Luther, but mainly Alice. And then, like, you know, you're, you're Marcus and Jericho, and Jericho just falls at your feet when you do so much as like lift your hand to like wave at them. Well, you're Marcus. So, it's like, Jericho likes everything. No, it's, it's Marcus is, um, <laughs> fuck me. It's North. And that other guy, it's North versus Jericho. <laughs> yeah. It's North, North versus, versus any Josh. sensical thing at all. Simon. Exactly. Well, it's yeah, like, yeah, there's Simon, but it's like instantly. anything you do to appease Simon. Also, you appease the entirety of Jericho. Yeah, and they all roll with you. And North fucking kisses you at the end, despite the fact that you've every time you've essentially not listened to her at all. Look, man, <laughs> we like, smashed this bus stop. I don't value stops. my own either. Like, she literally like, says that shit. She's like, dude, we'll follow you no matter what. Like, we fucking trust you. I hate everything you're doing, but I fucking trust you. It's like, okay. <laughs> it's like, I want more murder, but let's make out. Yeah, hot as fuck. <laughs> but no, listen, so like, okay, wait. So, but another thing is, I actually think if I'm trying to just, I'm just continually circling around this Connor thing, because I just, I really fucking enjoyed that character and that story and his storyline. And I think, hear me out on this, I feel like it's because he goes deviant so much later and that they get to build the deviant path a, like way later in his story arc. So it gets to feel more natural. Whereas it felt like everyone else was just like, here is the part of the story where you go deviant. 
and it's fucking Leo early. pushed me. I'm going deep. <laughs> exactly. But Connors, it's like, I actually feel like he goes deep. I don't think this landed exactly as perfectly as it was written, but it feels to me like it was designed to actually you, the player, because when you're playing for the first third and two thirds of the game, even you have this cognitive dissonance going on where you're at least I, if you're, and I think this is probably a common playthrough that I was going for, that we were all going for, where it's like generally good, generally nonviolent, and like trying to like end things peacefully, like sort of like essentially trying to repeat history in the way we've been told it. Uh, you know, like nonviolence like shows everyone else through the media that they're actually savages and they need to let you free. So you're trying to do that. But then at the same That's, time, you're playing Connor. Yeah. And like Connor is like fighting you. He's trying to like, undo you and so you have this dissonance like i'm trying to be a good person and connor's a good person too but him being a good person is actually trying to destroy and undermine everything you have and so you're just sitting there rolling through like okay this is weird why do i keep doing this shit why do i keep making connor do this stuff and eventually they wanted it to land and i feel like it got pretty darn close where you're like fuck it i'm done with connor doing this if i'm gonna actually accomplish this goal i need goal i need everyone and that's when he breaks that's when you go deviant. And I'm like, yes, that actually fucking landed. Like, nice. Um, does that make sense? Like, that's how I felt it to me. Uh, oh, yeah, 100%. That's sick. Hmm. Like, compared to all the other deviancy, man, like, that one actually, like, that was, like, the dream. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that was, like, the dream. Mm. Oh. Next part. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> when, I feel like when David Cage wrote the story, I, it, it seems very apparent to me that he wrote Connor's storyline first. And then yeah. it, it really begs the question, though, why he decided to do multiple character perspectives then. Like, why couldn't he have just left it at just Connor's perspective and called it a game? Um, and a part of me is just like, he he wanted to bring the Holocaust imagery into this, yeah, so we did. need another perspective. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> like, and he wanted slavery too in a in a underground railroad <laughs> way. Also, I don't know. Like, yeah, I I feel like I mean Detroit would have definitely been a shorter game if it was just Connor's perspective, and yet like it sounds like all of us just the Connor portions just really like seemed to be the most enjoyable on all fronts yeah so it's like i mean I, I, don't get me wrong yeah. i liked kara's section all right i wasn't like i didn't love it but i, I just i think it was just underutilized. like i i, I guess what I, I guess what i'm saying is like i could have liked it more i feel like there's potential there and maybe there's potential in all of them um but like it just hers i just kept being like wait so you're fucking here now like she just like did these like massive jumps that made no sense to me and that's possible because I just missed shit. But I was like, wait, why the fuck are you here? Like, why is this just Last of Us all of a sudden? And like, what <laughs> it, like where what exactly is going on? Um, but I feel like it could have been cool. But it, it didn't really end up that way, did it? I mean, just the whole thing was just kind of like, okay, yeah. I mean, I guess we're just going to try to escape or something. But I don't know. Kara just is so non about everything. Do you know what I mean? Like, she's so just kind of like, eh. like, I want her to go fucking crazy. Wanted her to go badass mode and just start fucking, I don't know, kill a cop or something, drive away in his motorcycle, just do something insane. Um, the the interesting part is that both Connor and Marcus have plot armor up until the very end of the game, mm. whereas with Kara, Kara is the one disposable character that you can actually kill. 
you you can kill her and remove her from the storyline starting from the scene where Todd loses his shit. Mm, wow. Um, you can actually lose that chapter and get Kara busted and Alice killed, and then that's the end of their storyline. Um, wow, that would have saved a lot of time. <laughs> super. Like it, it would have saved so much time. Because um, their their story didn't really go anywhere, anyways. It was just like, look at how bad the the androids have it. See? Right. They're also sexually abused. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Well, but, but that's why they had. That's clearly why they had her is to be like a cool, like decision make, decision based thing that could end. Like it's almost like if you're in the writing room, you're sitting there and you're like, well, fuck it. We have these two intertwining stories that have to go through, but but we could write a third one that you could just kill at any time because decisions are cool. I think it's also they wanted to show the side of like women's women's suffrage and like. That's the wrong I word. I know. I didn't mean that. Women's suffering. <laughs> yeah. Not suffrage. <laughs> Look, all right. Androids need the right to vote. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what they want at the end, right? I mean, all right, anyways. Just, uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Look, man. <laughs> anyways, my point is they wanted the female perspective of the androids. It's right. like, yes, they have male sex robots, but like, who cares about male sex robots? Right? Right. Uh, I think sex is women cares. that want no, but or <laughs> people that are attracted to men that want sex robots. <laughs> no, but like as in like from David Cage's perspective robots. of this story, male sex robots did really not get a lot of character. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Well, they they or, wanted to... or dancing animations. <laughs> exactly. They didn't get a lot of dancing animations. Exactly. <laughs> but they wanted to be like, look, men are pigs, right? So they're obviously going to get like female sex robots and like abuse them. So they wanted to show that side of everything. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Very trope-like, because there, there was no attempt to be like, and women are savages too, because look at this other side. It was just like, no. And in fact, they did that with the androids all the time, where they would be like, the android that is getting uh, abused in this way is the exact characteristics visually that you would expect based on history. Like, you would never, not never, but right. very rarely did you just see, like, an android that didn't feel like like, for instance, yeah. Oh, God, I'm going to censor myself. Do you know what I'm fucking saying here? They, like, were racist against, yeah, like, and they were sexist against the female androids. They were racist against androids. the black ones. They were sexist against the women yes, and yes. et cetera, et cetera. God, this is where, literally yeah. last podcast, I was almost censoring myself for the same shit. But <laughs> the point is, that's what I'm trying to say. And that's just, well, like. Well, that's, that's what the story yeah. is. Yeah. I, mean, I think the closest yeah. I got with, like, potentially making, like, the, like, android women look bad was when they had, like, the murder and, like, the the android brothel but then it's like oh yeah. but they're lesbian Where lovers it was... and it's like oh well fuck no i can't hate well, that's them okay then <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah there's so much weirdness in the middle like now that we're like talking back through all these different scenes there's so much in this game that like is you just sit there and you're like huh oh yeah i remember that <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> what was that all about where'd that go um that being said, okay, let's get into this. Like, we played, the last episode, we played the midsection. By the way, totally agreed. So we killed it on the chapter sections. We did a really, you did a really great job splitting it up. Um, mm -hmm. But Thanks. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to use that because it really felt like the story wasn't kind of cut up in that way too. Because like the middle section was, to me, was very characterized by, it's like decisions 
mattered a lot less. And that's not exactly true, but I just mean there's a lot less huge branching paths. Like they were kind of like feeding you the story and shit was getting done. There's choices that matter. I'm not to say that there isn't, but they were in the middle and the threads were kind of tied relatively close to the main storyline. But in the end, this section, we just played the last third. They went all out with choices and this ending and that ending and this character can die and this can happen and this can happen. And it really did feel like, at least as a player, like I was shedding plot armor and I was fucking scared. Um, I don't know if you guys got that from watching, but I was fucking scared because I was like, fuck, if I fuck this up, people are going to die. And at this point, I actually don't want them to die, partially because I'm invested in the sense of I just I've spent so much time not killing them. But also, like, seriously, I'm, I'm trying to get through here. Did anyone else get that feeling of like, fuck, there's so many branching paths and like shit is going down like for real? Right. Like, I think when it comes to making a long form game, like other than like the fact that you could probably dispose of Kara early in the game, by the middle of the game, like each character set out on their respective paths and you're just trying to flesh that out a little bit more before the banger of an ending. Um, and yeah, like the, the thing is that the end can deviate so quickly. Um, in some in some respects, like I feel like the measures the game takes to like take into account, like okay, this split second decision can either lead you to like escaping or like going into the concentration android camp, yeah. like those i feel like they used a lot more timer based choices oh, in the last section than they did the rest of the game to kind of emphasize that like no more ruminating over choices like you got to make a choice and then just ride ride the wave of yep. whatever that choice did and you'll only have maybe 2 seconds to decide which you know in a group playthrough yeah we did kind of pause the menu and ruminate a little bit but Hell like yeah, fuck that dude those times like sections fucking sucked man i was so mad i was like you're just gonna fucking hit me with another timer aren't you like i could just feel it <laughs> god but yeah like well and i think like one of the areas where that seems to be the most apparent would be like when all three characters are in jericho during the jericho raid hmm like mm -hmm. oh yeah mm -hmm. that is the first chapter where it actually splits between all three perspectives at once so it, you will be controlling Kara and then a cut a brief cut scene plays and then suddenly you're playing Connor yeah. and that's mm. when you kind of realize that all of these all of these side characters as well are all conjoined into one space maybe with the exception of Hank because Hank wasn't there but like at least in Marcus's perspective it's like okay, suddenly I'm trying to save Simon and Josh yeah. all of a sudden, and then perspective switches to Connor, and then it's like, oh, well, does Connor save North? Like, I, I guess, like, you know, Connor needs to make a decision to, you know, that will either save or kill North. Mm. Um, you know, Luther gets down. Do we abandon him? Do we collect him? So suddenly all of these characters who have followed you know our our player character's journey like suddenly their lives are in the balance and you only have like three seconds yep. to choose um and so i think that just adds it i think they did a good job of adding to the intensity of it but i think it, it happens at the detriment that like if you just make a panic decision yeah you could fuck it kind of like bad. 
you can fuck shit up that doesn't make sense for the character story arc. Gotcha. That's for sure. Gotcha. Like, if not for your like, own I don't know, like, through. right? Like, I don't know. Like, if you were to just suddenly panic and have Marcus like not save North after the entire playthrough, where we're like trying to get in North's pants. Like, it's like that doesn't make sense, dude. But, also, what was up with that one? Uh, that one scene where you had to like save somebody <clears> and <throat> the options were reversed. And like backwards. Oh god, yeah. What the fuck was? I think, I think that was a glitch. It might have been I a glitch, or it might have been just the most cinematic fucking thing in your life, dude. <laughs> I, I, it was either that, or it was David Cage being like, "Oh god, North's life is in the balance." To fuck with the player, I'm going to switch the options on. That's them. what it felt like. So then they accidentally kill her. That's what it felt <laughs> like. It was like Whoa. nowhere else did this happen. Yeah. It was just right there in one instance for like, yeah, three seconds. Did you get hit with like a stun grenade or anything like that beforehand that would disorient you? I, I don't remember. It, all I know is that the options were mirrored, so they appeared backwards all of a sudden. And then also like, like they had it like originally where like A was save and B was don't yes. save. But then Fuck. that they mirrored it, but also did A was don't save and B was save. So it was like, wait, what? What the Dude, fuck? it was hard for me to like in that moment like fucking get through that but i could just see i could just see the words wow you're right fucking the more we're talking about this dude this was clearly intentional because it was all fucked all sorts of fucked up like in every single way like it wasn't weird what the fuck anyways yeah i just remember reading that and being like fucking be calm what do you see what do you see okay Whew. go for it and like thankfully i I think you could have done it by the A and the B symbol, because, um, like one, because like you can tell the options really nicely that way. Um, but I was just thankful in that moment I wasn't colorblind, because it just I just went by the colors. Just colors can help me get a, get to the finish line, um, huh. and because it, it was just easy enough. But there were there were a number of strange gameplay decisions in this part of the game. Yeah. Um, that one the, um like having to escape that mind palace thing where you couldn't see shit. And it was just like, did you spend the time to memorize how the fuck to move around this place? Or oh, yeah. are to you find just your, fucked to, and you don't, yeah. you don't get a choice to, to about fucking being fucked here to fucking not shoot Marcus yeah. as Connor. Yeah. I see. Yeah. yeah. That was crazy. I can just tell you that that was nuts. From, and we like, Barely. Barely succeeded Barely. at that. And we did it. And by the way, this is hilarious. Because, like, speaking of, like, it's not plot armor, but it's, like, the 18th playthrough armor that Zoe has where she just, like, will try to not let me fuck shit up royally. For this scene, she shut the fuck up. And I was on my own. <laughs> and I was like, fuck. Well, <laughs> but Well, because actually okay, the... the and I, I actually don't know if this is true or not, but I think the location of that stone changes per playthrough. Wild. Like... In my really? playthrough, I seem to recall so it's, when. So it's shitty hard every time. Well, and just but like maybe you not, might go in the wrong direction. Because my playthrough, I was transported into the blizzard. The stone was literally right in front of me and to the left. So I just oh, like really? stuck oh. to it and touched it. And so and, when and Brandon Brandon's playthrough, he couldn't find it at all. Fuck. Right. So like Brandon, like. Brandon was watching over my shoulder and when the game put me like right there, like right next to the stone and I was like, oh, this emergency exit, Brandon was just like, that's bullshit. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> that is bullshit. 
That is bullshit. I wonder if that like, ruined his playthrough. Yeah. Right. right at the fucking end, well, too. He fucking was like a soldier all the way up until the very fucking end. And then just right at the end, just fucks it all up for this. Ouch. Well, so and that's kind of what I mean by like the game kind of makes these mind bending decisions based off of not necessarily skill. Like, yeah, because Brandon was playing Connor to a T how you guys were playing him, yeah. a.k.a. Deviant Connor, faithful to Hank, like all for the cause. And then it's like. And you didn't find the stone, so you shoot Marcus in the back of the head, and you accomplish your mission. And that's the end of Connor's story, where it's just like, welp, better luck next time. Dude, and like, even then, I know how to do it. Like, I know what the answer is. I still don't think it's super clear to me why that's the answer, and like, why I give a fuck. Like, but I was just thankful for our playthrough, because there was a bit of, I think it's games literacy, I guess is what I would call it under. It's like... It felt the way that the map was like felt and like the, I think the camera tugged a little bit in a direction just for a split second. You just got this feeling as the player, at least I did, of like I have to go this way. And I was saying that to you guys and everyone was just like silent because I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I didn't know what the fuck was going on either, but I was like, it just, it feels like this way. It has to be. And it's fucking nuts. So I could totally see how people would miss that or it didn't do that for them or it was directly behind them and they walked away or who the fuck knows. God damn. I will say another section that was really scary, like you were saying. Well, actually, it's going back. It's that same boat uh, section with Jericho. I like was just trying to save everyone, just constantly taking the option to save everyone because I thought I wanted to trust within my QTE ability, um, which was questionable at times. Um, but I got it through. But... I got uh, specifically Connor shot twice because I fucked up two QTEs like right in quick succession because I was too busy like Mm. still Mm -hmm. trying to adjust from the previous fuck up. So I made one mistake where I hit the wrong button. Then I hit the right button, but too late and it fucked up the next one. So I just in quick succession was like, fuck up, fuck up. Um, And I was like, oh shit, no, no. And he got shot twice. And I'm like, if this is how I fucking lose Connor after all I've been doing, no, please. He's the only one I actually really care about. Like, I'm going to save everyone, but he's the one I actually care about. And I was like, fuck. But yeah, we we made it through. But Jesus, Jesus, it was close and it was scary. And that that whole fucking third half of the game is just fucking stressful as shit. Just like, oh God. I'm fine. I'm totally fine. So it was that. It was those two two things, and then the other one was the Canadian border, right? Um, where the gameplay is waiting in line. <laughs> Literally, Gabe went to the bathroom. And, yeah, Gabe, Gabe went to the bathroom and missed nothing. <laughs> yeah, which is bad. It's bad game. It's it's bad design. It's. If you can go to the bathroom and miss nothing. Yeah. And like, yeah. and, and it gave you three different options to sacrifice your friends because you succeeded previously in like making them like you enough to just die <laughs> to save you, which is like, uh, isn't that just reality though? Uh, okay. Making real life friends. R- yeah, I expect right, all exactly. three of you to throw yeah. your lives away from mine. <laughs> <laughs> Next time, Gabe's at the Canadian border. <laughs> we'll need to watch out. I promise I will do that for you every single time. 
in Warzone. <laughs> oh, true, 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 true. Oh, it's so funny though. Because um, like at some point, isn't someone gonna be like, "Look, dude, I'd love to fuck. I'm love that you're propositioning me to die for you right now, but I just want you to know that's a fucking android, also." Exactly. <laughs> just so you know, like yeah, right. Like <sighs> all of them were androids. All three of them, and and it's like the whole point of it is like, yeah, androids are real people. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right. Okay. Um, and then you can choose to just not not sacrifice any of them. And because we also succeeded in uh, in making the public like androids, yeah, which by the way had nothing to do with that character. True. Um, True. The the guy just lets you in anyways, which is a terrible choice for him keeping his job. Um, but also, it doesn't prompt you that that might possibly no. happen. So you're just taking a chance that you don't that that that's what's going to happen, right? Because yes. the news is on on the wall, right? Yep. Isn't that the one hint that right, you have that's... that he might he might react that way? But like, that's not a hint. Is that a hint? Am I dense? No, that's not a hint, right? No, no, no. That's not no. a hint. That's 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 a hint for the person that designed the game. Like, I appreciated it. That's somebody. That's somebody who designed the game, being like, "But what? You couldn't you couldn't tell because I put that mechanic in and um and." And you did good, and uh, no, that's it's bad. It's it's bad that that we shouldn't have had to make that guess. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, it felt nice as the player. To, it was like a gimme, but it's like you didn't give me the information that would tell me that it's a gimme. So I was a little confused. I don't I don't know. It's like the relief that you get for solving that puzzle is like, oh wait, oh I solved that puzzle. Thank goodness I didn't fuck up by accident. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that's not the relief. That's not the endorphin rush you want for solving a puzzle. Maybe James, maybe you're, maybe you're talking about, kind of, it's not a really a puzzle, per se. Right. And maybe a, that's true. A, maybe, but, but but like maybe that's kind of like a lot of things in this game. I feel like are not really puzzles because they don't give you enough information at the front of it to seriously make the right call. And I think they maybe are right. intending like that. all the dialogue options. Yeah, like vague dialogue options or just like being like. Yeah, I mean, I mean, any of that stuff. But I think they want that. They want you to be taking coin flips. But sometimes certain coin flips, like to me at least, I was like, I actually, I actually don't know what's going to happen when I press this button. So I guess, and it's not like because I'm in an uncertain circumstance. It's because like I literally don't understand what's going to happen. <laughs> and so like I just fucking, that's, that's not the coin flip that I think they were looking for. Where it's like, dude, you can either yeah. sacrifice this guy or you can for just real? have literally zero idea and just throw your fucking controller to the wind and just pray. <laughs> it's like, sure. Sure. Um, I mean, that was one of my gripes about this game, too, is, like, I, I can understand what they were going for, and I think in some cases it does work well, where the, like, the dialogue options are kind of vague. So, because if you're, like, talking to someone new, you don't really know them, you're like, oh, well, what can we talk about? Like, maybe I'll bring up this thing. It's like, oh, they liked that. Or it's like, oh, well, this seems pretty normal. I'll select this dialogue option. And they end up kind of hating it, and they're like, oh, I just... I actually don't like that thing. And you're like, oh, uh, okay, geez. Um, but in the cases <laughs> where, like, it actually kind of matters and the options are super vague and, you know, one sounds promising. And to just have, a like, a one word, like, a very vague options, like, you know, uh, 
I can't even think of any off the top of my head at the moment. But it'd be like... Well, like, so, like, like when, when uh, I think the the situation this last playthrough was when Connor, the, the second Connor came holding gang, Hank at gunpoint. Yeah. And there was, like, three options of, like, talking to, but we didn't know who he was talking to. So it's, like, there's right. the second yeah. Connor and Hank. And then your dialogue options are, like, sincere, incredulous, ironic. And you're, like, and I talking to the second Connor? Exactly. And I talking to Hank. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, the fact that multiple times, like, throughout the game, we had to, we had to stop and be, like, okay, so what do these options mean in this context? Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be like Ugh. persistence, like interrogate, uh, like determined. And it's like, oh, what do these mean? Like, I know what they mean, like dictionary term, but what do they mean in the context of this conversation? Yeah, right. Brutal. And you have to like think like, OK, so the last line of dialogue spoken to us was Connor, you don't have to do this. So if we choose, I. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Ironically, you have to do this? <laughs> yeah, it's just like, why? So, yeah, for like a casual conversation where it's like music, uh, interests, like, yeah. sun, it's like, okay, I, I can kind of see these things. Like, this is pretty vague, pretty general, low, like a, a low stakes conversation. But yeah, <laughs> when it matters, it's just one word vague answers. You're like, oh boy, what am I signing <laughs> totally myself agree. up for? Yeah, and especially, like, unfortunately, it's, like, hampered by... I think this game is actually hampered in a bunch of ways by being better than Heavy Rain. Like, because it's better, quote-unquote, hmm. like, and you get more invested, then you're like, dude, fuck me. I actually want to know what I'm going to do. <laughs> you yeah. Know what I mean? <laughs> like, I care. Um, so, like... You right. I still think my favorite part of that whole confrontation with Hank was what we brought up when we bring up his son of like, what's my son's name? Cole. He died in a terrible exactly. accident. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Here I am going to recount in excruciating detail the details of your son's death to prove to you I know your son's name. <laughs> to prove to you I'm a goddamn stalker. Yeah, I wish they had been like, I wish they had been a little self-aware there and just been like, God, you're such a fucking psychopath. Like, I knew it was you, Connor. Like, no one else would just be this fucking crazy when they describe that to me. Yeah. This fucking yeah. Ugh. Oh god. That that part was so stressful to me because it was just like that dude, that's the other fucking thing. Hank is like every motherfucker in this goddamn game tells you to your face, do not do XYZ, and you have to do XYZ to clearly save their life. Like every fucking time. Like Luther's like, dude, man, don't go. I just want one character to be like, bro, you have enough time, come back for me. Like just one time. <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's like <laughs> luther's like says that shit and then like hank's like bro do what you gotta do like fucking it's cool if i die and then you're like okay but like no yeah, like wait is there a really an option for me to save you like or are you trying because like we're working on this you know relationship where you tell me the truth and you do the best you can so are you telling me from your vantage point you're totally fucked like it's over or like is there a way to save you Ugh. yeah yeah in the case of Hank, we'd be like, look, man, we would leave you, but then we'd never hear the end of it from Zoe, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's yeah. like, who's Zoe? And you're like, whoops. <laughs> fourth wall. <laughs> fourth wall. <laughs> <laughs> it seems yeah. like this game was built around the premise of telling you, like, having a character be like, all right, don't do this. Yes. And then you have to do it to just mm. continue the game. I mean, hell, like, yes. the, one of the very first times, right. I was like, all right, stay in the car. 
and you're like, well, clearly I'm not going to stay in the car. Right. Because like, or he's like, don't video attack game. my son. Yeah. 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 It's all that. There's also don't attack my son and then he dies for it. Yeah. Like, right. Like, I, I, and then it like sort of kind of punishes you for that. Oh, definitely. Like ethically. It's like, guys, why didn't you fucking like, you know, kill his son in front of him? Like, let me tell you something. I don't know how that storyline pans out. But let me get let me just like do a little like guess here. He shames the fuck out of you for, for not listening to him. I'm guessing. So it's like you don't win that. You don't win that. Yeah. And I, I think David Cage loves a lot of you don't win scenarios, um, which is which is fine. And it definitely happens a lot in this story where you feel like, OK, I got fucked this way or fucked that way. So I'm trying to figure out like a better fucked. And it is what it is. But yeah. But then like but then sometimes there's actually a way out <laughs> for real. That's just better in every way. You just have to find it. So it's like so you're just like trying to navigate through all that. And sometimes it's a little chaos. But uh you guys want to touch on anything in Marcus? Marcus had some huge developments in this section. He's, yes. Uh, I, I yes. wish he could have fucked up his son at his grave. <laughs> true. True. <laughs> I actually would have gone for it, man, honestly. I think oh, that was a huge man. missed opportunity. Yeah. I, that felt like a callback scene where it was like, you remember this, right? And like you wanted to have at least i was like down to like at least shoot a kneecap or something exactly yeah it's meant to show like oh marcus is obviously the bigger man and he's like moved on to more important things and it's just like that moment to reflect on i think his name is leo it's it's meant Mm -hmm. to leo to reflect and be like oh shit but i me personally i would have loved just i felt like fuck you leo and just beat the shit out of him <laughs> and then go back to like leading the peaceful like protest and she like snap this kid's neck and just like leave like, <laughs> exactly that's some crazy shit but character development so you know yeah it's it's weird because it's like you i i'd actually have to go back and see because Carl survived in my playthrough, and I actually think that scene is replaced with you visiting yeah. Carl again. That makes sense. And Carl giving you words of wisdom, you know, Wait. Spider-Man style. So, uh-huh. so in your playthrough, Carl survives, and mm-hmm. you still get fucking destroyed? Yes. Yeah, so like and, no matter... End up in the trash heap? Yeah. Yeah, so no matter what happens, you get shot by the cops. Like, if you kill Carl, Leo pins it on you, you get shot. If Carl survives, uh, like, Carl only survives if you push Leo and Leo bashes his head into the table or something and gets knocked out. So the police still think that you killed a guy and shoots you. Um, But yeah, so, like, the only scene that changes, though, is that, like, graveyard scene. Well, for McCoy, it was a graveyard scene where Marcus just ponders in front of the grave and says the exact same lines as if you were talking to Carl face-to-face. So, like, what is the true difference? There was clearly a lot of scenes that felt like that, that were, like, references to previous choices (laughs) that you felt like could easily have been done slightly differently. Like, even when you make it to Canada and, like, Luther's there, but he's, like, sure not to say much, you know? Because then what if he's dead? (laughs) You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it is what it is. That being said, I feel like, I don't know. Do you think we got, like, the golden playthrough in the sense of, like, this is the one they wrote for and then they, like, wrote all the other shit from it? I kind of I feel like that. I think in a lot of ways we did that. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, who knows their process? But it just, it felt like... 
this was kind of like I could see the vision here and I felt like even though there was all these scenes where I'm like clearly this is something that would just be easily replaced with something else if XYZ had happened instead like this is hanging together or at least to some degree like I, I I don't know maybe that's a fucking bold claim but I thought this game somewhat held together by the end it had a lot of craziness and I'm giving it a lot of leeway but I, at the end I was like nice no I think our like, I think our playthrough had a lot of classic like tropes where it's like you know the the main like protagonist has a important like a father figure die and then he has to go through this whole journey and like this kind of like redemption arc of not not quite redemption but like he you know he gets thrown into the trash and he has to pull himself up by his bootstraps and then goes on to leading like bigger and better things um the guy who was like you know quote unquote bad connor had a, like a reawakening and a redemption where then he realizes what he's doing is wrong and has a change of heart um kind of similar to like hank where he's kind of like starts off as like fucking androids man and then comes around to see like maybe you guys are real like maybe you are human and you have this plight you need to deal with and it's wrong that society treats you this way uh and then Kara's whole thing where she helps a child who isn't her own and ends up kind of starting a family with her um it, it just to me this seems like classic kind of like movie or story tropes so maybe it's not the golden ending that they foresaw when they were making the game but it definitely seems like this is this almost seems a classic like it was a classic ending and a classic way for the story to progress like we executed on the tropes to the end at least. yeah like i feel like your playthrough could have been a movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah right yeah and actually like fuck that com that age-old conversation of should it have been a movie sometimes when it would cut to my gameplay i would just pirouette in a circle unclear of how to like <laughs> elegantly walk forward and it was just like fucking so mad because i'm like watching this cut oh, scene that's so you know it's like don't hit yourself on the way out motherfucker you're like god damn this guy's gruff as shit and then you walk out and you're like i'm just gonna do a little ballerina twirl here and we're out of here <laughs> all the like, times where uh, you were standing there during a scene and you were just sitting there waiting and we're like so mccoy you're gonna <laughs> yeah. move and you're like oh i thought this was a cut scene <laughs> yeah, <true. laughs> oh that was that was one of my favorites like during one of marcus's marches <laughs> where it's like the camera's just like there mccoy's standing in place all the people behind marcus are like and mccoy meanwhile is just like sitting there like huh What's going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, this is a powerful stance he has right here. Do you think he'll move? Like, bro. <laughs> yeah, I remember that happened, too, when we were playing his car and we were, like, hiding behind the uh, the police car trying to save. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a little unfortunate. I was like, wow, Kara, do something. And she's, like, looking at me like, do something. I agree. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. There, was some, there was some funny shit in here. Like, when we were, like, my favorite, like, funny, weird fucking gameplay moment was when we were doing the march down the fucking street, and we're like, fucking, and you come in here, and you come in here, and you come in here, and then, like, you come to this, like, fork in the road, and the police come from one side, and I'm just like, everyone, take a right! <laughs> <laughs> and the whole group just starts, like, slowly walking away from the police officers down this other street. <laughs> so stupid, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> oh, 
I, I I think my favorite moment was when you were trying to break into the cyber life store and North goes like, Marcus, quick, over this way. And like, she just starts strolling in one direction. You're like, girl, we got a 10 minute timer. We've got three minutes left. Like, <laughs> your walking does not look as urgent as your voice just sounded. Just yeah, yeah. An animation in there somewhere. You should try it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. dude yeah for fuck's sake like oh there's there was a lot of that but dude just like okay this is a small grievance and i i aired it at the on the playthrough but i'll air it here again but it's like ever since we've gotten into this post like i guess i would say red dead world i'm sure there's other games that have had this in the past but red dead really like did an excellent job in my opinion of doing it but where you can like hold a button to like at least like match pace with someone that you're talking to like Please allow me to do oh, that right. for fuck's sake. Because I'm like doing this thing where I'm like, yeah, man, I totally I'm totally listening to you. Let me just jog in front of you. Stop. Wait. Jog in front of you again. Stop. <laughs> wait. While we're having this like epic conversation, like let, let me like walk. Because their walking speed is different from your walking speed. Yeah. And it's like a little bit faster. Yeah. Or like mine's a little faster or like, but keep in mind in these moments, yeah. I'm feathering the thumbstick. I'm not holding it all the way down. I'm trying to find that middle animation speed. That's the same speed as them. And it's just, it's just not there. It's just not there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there was a moment with like Luther's walking and he's trying to have a conversation with you, Kara, and Car but Kara's like gait is like race walking, yeah. but Luther's is like a little kind of loping, like loping gait. And so like McCoy's just doing circles around <laughs> Luther, just like <laughs> Yeah. I know yeah. I look like I'm freaking out, but I'm fine. I'm totally fine. Yeah, it's like, and it's what's funny is like, if you guys know, like I am trying my absolute hardest to like keep the immersion of the game rolling and I just can't. And from this, from David Cage specifically, the person who kind of tried to reinvent the quick time event in order to like have extra immersion, you know, like back in heavy rain, you're putting plates down slowly, all that shit. He wants, he wants that immersion so badly. And then it's like, bro, this is like this is like 101. Just like I'm running around the screen like an idiot and I'm trying my absolute hardest not to. Like surely we can do better than that. Um By the way, fun fact, when I'm on the trails around my house and I'm doing like runs and stuff, something that's so hilarious is like dogs will just like naturally like see your pace and think that like you're part of their tribe and they want to like meet your pace. So I swear to God, I'm just like torturing like innocent people walking their dog because I just run by them and their dog instantly just runs my pace and starts dragging their owner. <laughs> like every time, <laughs> like every time, like multiple dogs it's are like, just dragging oh, people. Oh, owner, you should go this speed. Yeah, like they just feel it on their back. Like there's something about it. Like they just, they feel the wind at their back. They feel their tr their tribe at their back and they just start to run mm. and they expect that their owner is going to do the same. And I'm just sitting there like, look, dude, I... I didn't say anything. Like I'm allowed to run here. Like this. Is not <laughs> cool. Are we anything else people want to touch on before we maybe rate this thing and get out of here? So what you're saying is dogs can do fucking like pacing of walking yes. and David Cage can't. Hundred percent. It's programmed it's, into yes. dogs. Get on the dog humans. level. Dogs are better androids. Yeah. Or than androids. Androids. Exactly. Yeah. Also, wait. Okay, I actually have a final question. Did we miss a sex scene? Or was there no sex scene? There was no sex scene. I'm out. I'm fucking next. <laughs> I didn't want to break your heart. <laughs> I wanted to. I wanted to like see like what kind of strange scene I could hint at a sex scene for. Like I don't know, like Connor and Hank in an elevator together, being like, "Get ready, McCoy." But like, no. <laughs> you definitely hinted a lot at North. So there was no Yowie playthrough all along. <laughs>
<laughs> no. Um, fair enough. I, I think that's another example of it, this game being streamlined away from David Cage and more towards like traditional game. Like, I feel like the quick time events kind of got taken away from him a little bit. The sex scene got taken away from him a little bit. Even like the torture scenes, I think, got taken away from him a little bit. Although we didn't see maybe the really heinous shit. Maybe there's some really heinous shit. I feel shit. like that's like a good thing, though. I, f- I feel like the sex scene wasn't there because there were other instances that explained the sexual exploitation of robots and therefore yeah. it just would like, seem that would have been a really really <laughs> uncomfortable scene yeah i mean i was expecting it well okay you could have had a sex scene between the robots as opposed to touch like touching hands like fucking or like doing like um oh yeah the lesbian lovers could have had a sex scene that's to true show that they were in love <laughs> that's prove it that's <laughs> like a very david cage thing and someone's narrating like man they are really in love right now and it's like nice dude what are you reading the script like come on <laughs> yeah <laughs> dude but like you could have done it between also it's their job to look into it so yeah exactly like that's like david cage is like it's like one of those options where it's like you have to guess like do you think they're into it or not and you're like ooh, decision point like fuck like i don't know it seemed a little <laughs> all over the top there but i don't know i think we're gonna need those actors to uh roll that one back and do another take <laughs> dude i was expecting honestly uh cara to have to do just some just disgusting sexual act for that guy and then that to culminate in you shooting him in the back of the head like that's what i was kind of expecting like because they like hint at like yurge was there for anything including sexual pleasure and he just seemed like the type of guy that would have like cheeto dust on his jacket as he's sitting there on the couch and he's just like eh, fuck it i could i could use an orgasm um so like an orgasm <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's actually. Oh, god. oh my god, I'm gonna pronounce that. Is yeah, that? oh, that's the funniest. No, yeah, shit that's I've like ever heard. That's, that's actually intentional. Sorry, I'm, that's. I'm sh- <laughs> I no no no. I assumed that it was intentional because it was hilarious. Yeah, I use that. I also are, use um, Gazam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gazam. It's please take it with you. It's <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be the hashtag on Instagram. Hashtag Gazam. Gazam. Spelled G A Z A M. Sure, I've never, I've never written it out. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So okay, 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 okay. So then, if we're thinking about that guy, if you recontextualize that initial slob type guy, and you recontextualize him with understanding that not only did he have an android maid slash wife ish, he also had an android daughter. How does that change your view yeah. of his character? Like this, this is a much sadder character to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think that was the point from the beginning with trying to show like he lost his job because of androids. I think they And tried. then he lost his wife and daughter right. and replaced them with androids. Just to treat yeah, them like shit? Yeah, I think... Damn. I mean, he also had a crippling drug problems so it might have also been the drugs talking for that but um it's a good point it's a good point i i, I don't know i i want to be I, i'm glad that they didn't have to have kara go through sexual trauma yeah for that, her story arc to go through i mean they didn't um, need it 
so it's good that right. they didn't Well, just to clarify, it. they didn't show yeah. it on screen. It happened. They just didn't show it on screen. Right. It is it is highly implied. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's highly implied, sure. But I'm glad that like there didn't need to be any like gratuitous like here is a scene to really show that she's traumatized Use the right thumbstick or whatever at first, and then <laughs> right. Oh yeah, my like, god! Uh, uh, I'm cringing. No, like oh my David god, David Cage's dream not okay. realized. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm. And then I'm he's just... the cop that shows up and is like bad. And it's like <laughs> you set this whole thing up. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, but I was cool <laughs> catching you, though. Yeah, the, the cop comes in. He's like, guys, this is dirty as shit. And I cue the music, like starts to dance. Yeah, I totally get this. So the context for that comment is that David Cage self-inserted him into his own video game as a police officer. Correct. I would consider self-inserting myself into a video game. That sounds fucking rad. Okay, wait. That, oh, absolutely. That also yeah, sounded yeah. very sexy. <laughs> I was going mean, like, say, I think you would self-insert yourself into a lot of things. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I just mean like I don't know. That's fucking rad. Like, I don't know. If you were the director, you're like, bro, give me a cameo. That's like Quentin Tarantino style. I hear that. I hear that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. You guys want to rate this bad yeah. boy and get out of here? Let's do I it. I think this is the yeah. right button. Is McCoy's computer still working? I don't know. <laughs> I can never know. I should have the task manager. Oh up my at god, all that times. giggle got me this time. Did, did it? <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. It's quality shit, man. Oh god. Um. Okay. Let's start with Gabe. Gabe, how'd you feel? We played Heavy Rain. Okay, sorry. Let, let, let me start it this way. We had the great opportunity to sandwich an excellent choice game with two mediocre David Cage games. Uh, and that was the council. So how do you feel about this <laughs> <Wait>. in comparison? To <laughs> <laughs> how do you feel about... Game's like, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> True or false? We were blessed to be invited into David Cage's universe. <laughs> yes. We were blessed to be invited to, the, to McCoy's playthrough of the council. <laughs> Real talk, mother. It's, it's McCoy and David Cage's world. We just live in it. That's absolutely correct. Yeah. I can't be on my own world. It's true. Um, so this is hands down the world of walking in circles. That's essentially what it is. This is hands down my favorite uh, game out of the three. Um, and the fact that I actually like picked this game up on my own, and. I started by watching the Game Grumps play it, and like halfway through the first episode, I was like, you know what? I want to play this game on my own. I don't want to spoil it. So it speaks volumes that I actually went out, bought the game on my own, and wanted to play this, even though I knew it was a David Cage game and kind of like, you know, knowing his history. But I was genuinely excited, and I think this game is uh, fantastic compared to... <laughs> heavy rain and the council now is it a flawless game no i think that there are some things that could use some work and whether that you know is a game studio thing or like game developers if that's kind of just the way david cage likes to roll you know maybe uh sure maybe if we wanted some things fixed it, it wouldn't happen because david cage would say fuck you 
we do it my way. Um, I don't know, but I I really like the setting for this game, and I think it's you know minus the beating the beating your head over with the thought or the the uh, symbols of racism and slavery and the Underground Railroad. Minus those, I think this was it's kind of topical, especially now that you know we're kind of diving into AI development, um, and questions are starting to arise in society of whether that's a good idea or not. But I I liked the setting for this game, and I like how it had its take on it, and I liked a lot of the. Uh, the dilemmas and the choices you had to make. Um, and I think that the way they intro this game with that, like that hostage situation was incredible. Mm. I know it's kind of a, a split take mm. or a it's kind of decisive or divisive um, for some, but I personally really liked it. I like that. It kind of jumped you right into like a high adrenaline action scene and then took a step back and the second chapter was a more, uh, like, slow, um, was it the, I forget, was the second scene, was that Alice or was that Marcus? Or not Alice, uh, Kara, uh, yeah. Kara, yeah, it was Kara. Yeah, scene. so I liked how it started yeah. with the high-intensity hostage and then switched to, like, the uh, made Kara uh, robot approach um, and scene. And I think it showed a, a excellent like kind of variety and yeah, it's like I said, it's not flawless. The things I didn't like was, you know, some of the writing was kind of wild. Um, the, as James has touched on a lot, the, the heavy handed themes um, are kind of like, all right, but that kind of seems to be a David Cage trope, so I guess you got to take the good with the bad. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I'll I'll spare so other people have things to talk about. But overall, I like the game, and I will give it. I'll probably give it a two thumbs up. All right. Hell yeah. That's hard, man. It's I think that rating this game is going to be hard, but um, cool. James, he already called you out, uh, not in a bad way, but just <laughs> mentioned your name at all in his review, <laughs> and so maybe you'll go next. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely this was my favorite of the three games um, as well. Um, I really enjoyed being able to see all of the optional paths and things uh at the end of each chapter i think that's a an actually a fantastic um mechanic that pretty much all games of this ilk should do because it i feel like that's the main thing that really shows you that your choices matter <laughs> is like if you chose to do something else we had all of these other entirely unrelated options planned um because i tend to assume that they're just going to use some telltale games-esque approach like like strategy to 
to reel you back into the story that they wanted to tell in the first place anyways. Right. Um, so that was really cool. Uh, it also feels like it gives you a reason to go back and play it again because you're actually unlocking something by doing different stuff. But um, in terms of the actual play of the game um, and the story and things, yeah, I mean... I, I mentioned most of the things that bothered me during the podcast and the other podcasts. They none of them were like deal breakers. Um, it's I I feel like it's a story that's that's worth telling. That's current and um, and I think they did a good job. So yeah, I mean, it's not. It, it it still has kind of memeable elements to it as well, which is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, That's the David Cage polish. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. He's like, Cage, what are you talking about, bro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is a man? <laughs> yeah, right. All I'm hearing exactly. from you is me, me, me. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, so yeah, I mean, overall positive, um, I don't know if I want to, it, I struggle to give this two thumbs, but that's partly just cause I didn't play it myself. Um, uh, so maybe that's just a personal family of mine. Uh, I think it warrants probably in comparison to a lot of the games that we played two thumbs up. Okay. I would have rated um, it a 1.5, but McCoy hates that, so. Respect. You know, I, I might have also. <laughs> Respect. Respect. I mean, I, I love how, like, more than a year in and after truly taking the rating system through the mud, we are now finding the respect for it that I <laughs> hoped we would always have. <laughs> uh, respect might be too strong a word, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, next podcast. No, <laughs> yeah, uh, cool. Um... I'm st- I'm st- I'm still fucking digesting all this shit. So do you want to fucking tell us how it fucking really is? <laughs> how it how it really is? I mean, no, I'll I I can go, but I think a lot of what Gabe and James have said, like this, out of all all three games, this one is certainly ranks at the top. Um, agree that. You know, you do feel like your choices have more of an impact. You know, you don't you don't kill a bird and then have someone stare at an empty cage and not 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 mention it at all. Like this one, it's like not only will they mention the bird, but it also will kill your grandfather at the same time. <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> Dude, this would have been an entirely other storyline for the bird death. Like it would have literally taken you to like fucking <laughs> another island or some shit. Exactly. Yeah. Um which is good. I think, you know, I, I think what has really helped David Cage excel at this, that he didn't excel in games like Heavy Rain and I would say also like Beyond Two Souls, um, is the fact that A, the setting was an actual real life place of Detroit, um, that you were able to kind of take architecture and take societal 
societal elements from to make it seem more realistic and therefore more relatable. Um, I know I, as somebody who lives around the Detroit area, (laughs) as someone who lives around the Detroit area, being able to see those landmarks uh, definitely helped me connect with the story a lot more. Um, Like I said in the podcast, love the story of Connor and Hank a lot. Thought Mm. that was really well written. Um, Really liked that friendship dynamic. And I think David Cage should stick to friendship dynamics because when it comes to romantic subplots, he still kind of falls a little bit short. Um, Case in point, you know, North and Marcus can be a kind of a weird, like, fitting a square peg in a round hole kind of situation if you're trying to go a pacifist route. Whereas, like, North's murderous rampage, she's still like, I'm still into peace, whatever. And you're like, wait, girl, what? <laughs> um, so. Real. Yeah, I I think I'll give this one thumb up. Um, like, really enjoyed it. Beautiful game. You know, parts of the story were compelling. Other parts of the story just didn't really affect me. Like I said, I didn't really care for Kara's plight. You know, if she died in the first scene with Todd, then I it would have had no impact for the rest of the gameplay as much as I would have liked it to. Um, and that's unfortunate um, because, you know, female representation in video games is cool and everything. But, well, you know, um, that's all I'll say about that one. Let's but, leave female yeah. representation to people that can write female characters. <laughs> it yeah. does seem like a catch sure. too if you're Dave Cage though because you're like fuck okay I identify that I can't write female characters so I've removed all the females from my game and then he just gets endless hate for having no females in his game and he's like okay okay I'll go back to writing them and they're like no no don't do that fuck he's caught in the middle no, no the problem no, is make just games like... about gay people okay it's all dudes okay which he can write they already have that it's called the years of war <laughs> <laughs> wow i that's a that's a recontextualized no, women. i guess i haven't played since the first game so i guess i don't really know where they're at but <laughs> no, it's of, not. you know i will i will say it's an improvement you know from like the hip swaying madison like oh my god cr- yeah. creep you know the the stealth mechanic that has the camera zoomed in on the ass like i'm glad that he did away with that and like realized that hmm, maybe like i should actually like make these char- female characters somewhat relatable like he improved in that dynamic so i'll give him props for that mm. um but as a result their character storyline still kind of fell a little flat for me but mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah so one, one thumb up for me though good game fun to play you know has replayability it was fun playing with you guys even though i took over to make sure that our baby hank lived <laughs> like <laughs> yeah there's like an actual baby in this game sure. and you're like fuck that one <laughs> <laughs> yep. she doesn't matter screw alice yep. cool um wow this one's a hard one to tease out for me because like there's a lot of there's a lot of better in this game and there's a lot of like cool stuff when it comes to the story and like the things that they're like going for in terms of if you rank this lower than the council, I swear to God, McCoy. Why? It's not a shitty game, so he's going to rate it poorly. <laughs> <laughs> he likes the jank. Yeah. He's openly admitted and, it. He likes the jank. Yeah, and let me ask you, is it wrong for a man to like the jank? 
Like if that's what he enjoys. <laughs> Is a man wrong. not entitled not to his change? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> to the sweat on others' brow that's, that is like a weird square fucking <laughs> pixel. But yeah, like I would you kindly rate this game? <laughs> Ooh. Would you kindly rate this game two thumbs up? Like <laughs> Yeah. It's no, it's just rate it. to me there's like it's not linear for bad games and good games. And I think maybe that is why rating systems really struggle. Because I think people want to say this game is bad, therefore I'm giving it a bad rating. But like uh, to me I I go based on my enjoyment, my personal enjoyment. And I think that's a much better metric for me. And I can enjoy games that are, are like objectively bad in some ways that are jank in some ways. Like I can still enjoy them sometimes. And by the way, if I don't enjoy them, then it's just all the worse for them. But like Heavy Rain, I don't think I, I don't think I look poorly or like, you know, look the opposite of fondly, look down on, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I like look back with and regret uh, rating Heavy Rain so highly because I had so much fun with it and so much enjoyment with it. Don't look back in anger. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Next podcast. Okay. Um, <laughs> I love Oasis. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so, like, I, I, so to me, it's a different scale. It's not like the, the game being bad does not necessarily, like, necessarily um, mean that the that it's like ranked poorly in terms of my enjoyment. It just, it's, it, it may be helping. It may be hurting. It's the same thing with bugs. Like I find certain bugs hilarious and I'm, I'm better off with them. Like the bug in Skyrim where you get hit by the giant and you fly into the atmosphere. That shit is just, I, they patch that out of the game and I'm like, why would you do that? Like, that's so fun. Um, I was using this to try to see if I could launch myself to see what the town looked like over across the mountain. You know what I mean? Like this is fun. Um, so anyways, but yeah, okay, that's a little tangent there. But so in terms of this game, it's better in a lot of ways. So to me, it actually enters a different arena where it's an arena of good games uh, and it has to fight them. Whereas Heavy Rain wasn't in that arena and no one would ever pretend that it was. It was in an arena of bad games or silly games or games you could have fun with uh, in a different way. And so I had to fight them. Uh, and so in that way, I do feel like I kind of come down on like the one thumb up point where I'm like, now you're fighting against some real big hitters. Now you're fighting against Last of Us. You practically referenced it half the game. Like, now you're fighting against Last of Us. Um, and Last of Us destroys you. Um, that being said, I really enjoyed this game, and I do think it is good. Um, if I had played Last of Us ever in my life, I might have rated this game worse. Who knows? Yeah, well, I hope that you will not say that later because you will say, I have played Last of Us in my life. Because fuck it, we should play it for the podcast sometime. Um but uh, yeah, we really should. And, and especially if what, May, this new one's coming out, bro, let's line it up. Anyway, okay, tangent. Um, so yeah, so this, this is fighting against some big titles now because I think it actually does a lot good. And I, I agree with Zoe that the, and maybe everyone that Connor's storyline's fucking rad. Um, and it almost like Connor's storyline almost fights against the rest of the game because it showcases how the rest of the game was not as good and wasn't as nuanced, I felt like. So that's a lot of the game to not be as nuanced. <laughs> that's like two thirds. Um, so yeah, I think one thumb for me, um, but I did enjoy it and I do think it's cool. And I think it's exciting to see David Cage be able to do this and maybe he could take it further. I just, I don't know. I don't know. 
I don't know. We've seen a lot from him. So maybe this is like the kind of the peak and we're not going to see much more, but I at least appreciate people trying to make these types of games and, and trying to speak on some of these themes. Um, I just wish they wouldn't take such a, it's games. So I have to smash you over the head because you've never essentially like, it feels like you're an idiot. So I have to hit you really hard in order for you to feel a theme or notice a theme. Um, but okay. But yeah, like honestly, this is a fun game. Like I would recommend it. If you can pick it up, I would say, especially for, you know, a sale or something like that. Like, dude, yeah, check it out. It's fun. Um, it's weird. It's crazy. Um, yeah, watch our playthrough. Oh, wait, no. Ouch, ouch. <laughs> that, that was the sound of me crying <laughs> in air form. <laughs> ah, damn. First, James is like, I don't know if I truly enjoyed this game enough because I didn't play it. And now he's like nail in the coffin and our playthrough is dead. Wow. Okay, fuck it. So I will reference that there is actual playthroughs not of this game unfortunately as was just mentioned but there is other playthroughs well i mean we do have some of this game playthrough yeah just not the first yeah part. maybe what no. we should do is comb what we have of the footage and make a best of compilation of course like i don't want to no, it's, it's more like <laughs> did i delete it already because i was like we're never going to use this or i don't remember so McCoy. What? <laughs> Bro. That was an anger delete. If, if Yeah, anything. dude, for real. I was gonna for say. real. Oh, God. I mean, it's like 200 gigs of fucking session, but yeah, still true. I have the space. Oh, yeah, it was an anger delete. There's no excuse. Because, <laughs> 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 yeah, if you don't know what we're referencing, uh, the first, we recorded the first section and it was phenomenal. Amazing. Incredible. Like all those Donald Trump words at the end of the sentence. God damn it, that's just sense for myself. Anyway, the point is, you know where he says bad, period? Our our playthrough had the best words. Yeah. And the best playthroughs. <laughs> it was the best ending. It had the, it was the yeah. flawless. It was everything that you ever wanted. In fact, yeah. you'll never find one as long as you live as we good made as ours. only great choices. Okay. The moral of the story <laughs> though is that um there was an audio issue with ASIO drivers, if you're familiar with that. If you're not, the moral of the story is the computer did not like it. It went boom. And um, <laughs> it was bad, so we lost it. But um, yeah, it hurt. Yeah, what can I say? Anyways, cool. So next week, holy shit, we have no idea what we're playing next week. Okay, we'll, we'll discuss that off air. <laughs> uh, we got some ideas, um, but we'll see you around. But yeah, there actually is shit up on the YouTube channel if you want to check it out. Like there is actually, like we played The Council, which is some real hilarious bullshit. And if you're into that, um, check it out, I guess. It's it's wild as shit. Um <laughs> And uh, we'll be putting more stuff up there in the future, like more playthroughs and more things. Yeah. So cool. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds great. Great, great choice. choice. Oh, yeah, fuck it. If you're out there, if you want to, you can write into us if you want at Tyranny of Thumbs. Yeah. If you have a game suggestion. Mm, true. True. God, we can, we can make like a public list. We don't promise anything. I'm just going to put that say, out there. We do not <laughs> promise anything. But we will take your suggestion. Oh, under fuck it. If you yeah. want to be on an episode, write to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fuck it. If you want McCoy's computer, just. I was going to say, the, the one guy who did write in and tell us to play Bioshock 2, we ended up following through Honestly, with Honestly, great choice. That's so, true. Hey. Yeah. So we have a 100%. Uh, true. R record that's it just we have 100 percent all games we are flawless 100 <laughs> 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 <laughs>
yep. and with that we yeah, will see you 100%. fucking next week oh by the way it's tyranny of thumbs we keep at it okay cool great choice fuck yeah